Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It was all about the WASDE report. A lot of data dump, as, as some call it, happening early this morning. And, of course, the markets reacted after those numbers came out at 11 o'clock. Algorithms first, human brains secondary. But we'll take a look at what those numbers had to say. And, and there's producers. If you go on social media, there's producers questioning and commenting on, the, on what the report has to say. We'll talk more about that. But we're going to get the details and kind of a rundown of that report coming today with Brian Split. Brian is with agmarket.net. And so i got to ask your initial reaction when you saw those numbers. You know, Susan, I don't even see the numbers first. I see what the what the futures are doing. That's that's uh, kind of the most important thing. It doesn't matter what the report says. It's it's what the reaction is to the report. And um, you know, initially the market sold off a down in corn, uh, four cents before the numbers dropped, and and you know went down to maybe seven to nine lower right away. Uh, beans were bouncing back and forth of unchanged, a little higher, a little bit lower. Uh, quickly went down about ten. Um, and then from there, then they really came in and, and sold it, uh, you know, a minute or two after the report. Um, I, I guess my initial reaction here on, on corn first was, was just that yield number. That was, I think, the big surprise. Um, the trade missed the quarterly stocks uh, by quite a bit. And the quarterly stocks were bigger than expected because of that yield number. And this is a record yield number. Um, the previous record was a one 76.7. We got a 177.3, so uh, 0.6 bushels per acre above the previous record. I think another incredible part of that conversation is that we planted an extra 4 million acres of corn this year than we did the year we had that previous record. So, you know, a lot of times what happens is as you put those extra acres in, uh, some may call them fringe acres, that will drag down a national yield average, and that was not the case this year. Uh, very strong performance in the eastern corn belt. We had new record yields in Indiana and in Ohio. Uh, but then I look at the, the actual change month over month in, in the corn carryout, um, and it was up, what, 31 million bushels from the December number. And and that type of an increase in carryout month to month does not scream, let's take this thing down 15 cents. Uh, so it, it felt overdone to me. Um, when I look at a continuous chart for corn, and this goes all the way back to periods where we were trading with, you know, lows in the threes and highs in the, in the uh, mid fours. A lot of those highs were right around the 438 to 440 area. Uh, we made a 441 low today up against all those old highs. And so uh, it just seems like we're, we've sold off into this report. We made some new lows on the report. We were able to recover late in the day. And I just wonder if maybe this market didn't make some kind of a short-term low on, on this bearish influx. We saw uh, you know some, some panic selling after the report. And uh, I think if we can recover back above the 450 area early next week and, and get some closes above that. That's going to give the buyers that have been wanting to buy 450 corn for quite some time uh, a, a reasonable level to risk below, which would be today's report day low. So we'll see what the sentiment looks like coming out of the three-day weekend. Well, you know, and somebody that I saw a couple different posts that happened um, after the numbers came out, one said I was really surprised we didn't see some limit down action, at least on the corn side of the trade. And they were not as surprised with what they saw in the soybean numbers. And then another one talking about this dry weather. And you and I were talking about that before this program started. You know, he had said, you know, Susan, if I would have known dry weather would have brought us such a good crop, then I guess dry weather is okay. And markets kind of reacted a little bit to those numbers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know 
why corn would have been limit down on this number. I mean, again, at face value, a 30 million bushel increase in carry out is not a limit down type of a number. That's the type of, uh, of reaction you would get if you had a, uh, you know, 100 or 150 or 200 million bushel uh, type of an increase, not 30 million. Um, at face value, when you look at that yield number and a new record yield, you would say, wow, that's bearish. But we raised demand. Uh, we saw demand go up. Uh, in the corn for ethanol category by 50 million bushels, as they should. We're running about 100 million bushels ahead of the, the previous USDA target before today's report. They had to feed residual up 25 million. The demand go up 75 million bushels. Um, the, the bean number, to me, uh, was more bearish than the corn number. Uh, and if you're going to raise carryout by roughly 30 million bushels in both corn and in beans, well, 30 million bushels on a 2.1 and some change carryout versus 30 million bushels on a, a 250 million bushel carryout. Percentage-wise, that 30 million bushels on beans is a much larger leap in, in carryout from the previous estimate than in corn. Uh, and, and yet beans held in much better. We came back and finished over 20 cents off the lows. Uh, so so to me, the, the B number looked actually a little bit more bearish. Um, I think the, the, the world numbers on corn uh, may have been something that, got the market to uh, to be part of the sell-off, uh, but all of that was China, um, and China's production number came in exactly where China told us it was. So um, this big jump in, um, in, in world stocks coming mainly on the, on the back of Chinese uh, in increases in Chinese production is not a surprise to the market. That's not a, a new data set. Um, and it's Chinese corn. It's not like it's going to be exported to other people in the world. Uh, so maybe that suggests that they don't need to buy quite as much. But we knew that China had a very big crop, and we've known that for the last couple of months. Um, I think the sleeper here is wheat. Um, and so we had wheat stocks come in 11 million bushels below last month. The winter wheat seedings was less than expected, um, about two, a little over 2 million uh, acres less than what we had planted last year and a little over a million acres less than what the trade was, was expecting. This trade was looking for a reduction year over year, but it was a bigger reduction than what, what the trade was looking for. And, and wheat was actually trading higher uh, immediately after the, the, the data drop uh, when it was looking at its own numbers specifically. But then as you have corn and, and beans start to melt down, corn just kind of, uh, or I should say wheat just broke with those other two. I wouldn't be surprised if wheat was one of the markets that would be first to recover here next week. All right, we'll stick around, folks. More is coming up just around the corner. It's the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids and the other regional brands, along with Channel Seed, are merging in 2025, and we're ready to up your seed game. Here's Channel Seed professional Dustin O'Hanlon from Lexington. I, I'm extremely excited about this to see the focus of taking all 11 brands and moving into one and combining the knowledge that we've got into one brand and bringing every bit of that together so we can have one focus, which is taking care of our growers. For more, contact your local Channel Seed professional. Come back to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Brian Split. Brian, of course, with agmarket.net. We were talking about wheat when we went to break. What about wheat seedings? I know that there was a blurb that was in those report data that came out this morning from the USDA. Did you see any surprises or were we below what many had estimated? Yeah, so again, on the winter wheat seedings, uh, and again, that was was part of the bullishness of the report uh, for wheat. 
Um, all winter wheat acres came in at 34.425 million acres. The trade average estimate was 35.786. So that was about 1.35, 1.36 million acres less than expected. Uh, and that is down from 36.699 last year. So down 2.2 and some change million acres year over year. Um, and when you look at the breakdown, um, the hard red, which is our, our Kansas City contract, uh, that particular wheat variety um, had an average estimate of 25.1 million acres, came in at 24. So a million of that miss was on the hard red, and that's why hard red was the strongest wheat class late in the session. Um, when you look at the, uh, the estimate for soft red, it was 7.1. It came in at about 6.9. So just a, a slight miss there. So the, the wheat market traded today as far as the, the best performance, uh, the way it should have based on the, the seedings numbers. Uh, and then when you look at the ending stocks, <clears throat> the uh, trade average there was, it was 658. Uh, which last month it was 659. So the trade really wasn't looking for much of a revision, just a million bushels uh, lower, came in at 648. So that was 10 million bushels less than expected, 11 million bushels less than last month. And, and again, that's where this wheat market uh, looks like it could be the one to uh, to potentially read, lead a recovery uh, out of these uh, new lows into next week. I want to get your thoughts on the geopoliticals of the world's happening. A lot of talk this week and a lot of readings I was seeing, Brian, was talking obviously about the, the presidential election happening in Taiwan this weekend and how that could set the tone going forward between the United States, China, and Taiwan. Yeah, I mean, there's no shortage of, of events to, to watch going on geopolitically. Um, whenever you talk Taiwan, uh, that's a sensitive issue because it, it uh, as you had mentioned, leads to conversations about U.S. relations with China. Um, and the Chinese, um, I think bottom line, it, it doesn't matter uh, whether they like us or don't like us. We already know they don't like us. Um, are they going to not like us even more? Maybe. Uh, but when we're the cheapest beans in the world, and I'm saying we are right now, but when we are, they will buy from us whether they like us or not. And so I just think they're, they're very shrewd businessmen. And, and uh, when it makes sense to buy U.S. beans, regardless of, of the, uh, how they feel about us, they will. Uh, so will that time come? We'll see. Uh, you know, some other interesting geopolitical stuff, like we, we have the U.K. and the U.S. Um, bombing uh, some rebels in, in Yemen. Um, the energy markets traded very strong last night off of that. Uh, metals, precious metals, gold, silver were, were up uh, very strong after that news. Uh, were able to maintain a good chunk of their gains uh, from that buying last night. But the energies fell off their highs quite a bit. Um, and we've had crude oil, we've had heating oil, which would be your diesel fuel proxy, uh, in, in a nice downtrend over the last couple of months. Uh, we were able to pop through those downtrend lines on all that overnight strength just to come right back down to them uh, during the day session today. Um, and that's something that also needs to get going for um, the sentiment for grains, in my opinion, is changing the, the tune a little bit in the, uh, in the energy markets. If we could get crude oil and some of the products to break through these downtrends and start to build a little bit of an uptrend, uh, that would go a long way towards changing, I think, the overall sentiment in commodities as a whole. Uh, but uh, we haven't seen that as of yet. Before we wrap up uh, today's show, I wanted to ask you about the livestock side of the trade action. And obviously this, this winter storm that has moved across from 
Colorado's and Nebraska and Kansas, et cetera, to your neck of the woods. Is this going to be a pressuring factor as it was today through the weekend come Tuesday when the markets reopen for these cattle? You know, I mean, down a little bit today, down about 40 in the uh, in the April live cattle. We, we had feeders slightly higher today. Uh, I guess the maybe the main thing right now is that when you, you look at the scope of this winter storm um, and the muted reaction that we've had from the futures market because of it, uh, that would lead me to believe that maybe when we come out the, of the other side of this, the, the cattle market may pull back a little bit. Um, there's a nice analog correlation of live cattle and feeder cattle to the highs that were made in 2014. Uh, those were our previous record highs. Uh, those previous record highs were made um, a month later in the calendar year than the highs that were made this year. But similarly, both of those led to a three-month break in value. What's the best way, Brian, for folks to get a hold of you guys? Uh, easiest thing, check us out online, www.agmarket.net. We're going to have a conference in Nashville, February 4th and 5th. Um, you'd still get seats for it, but uh, your hotel might be a little bit more expensive. The block room rate ran out. Uh, if you want to talk to me directly, 815 665 0463. All right, that is the channel final bell on the Rural Radio Network.